0: What's your price to move to the Himalayas and spend three years as a full-time Yeti hunter, or to use landlines for all of your phone calls moving forward, or to magically have a laugh track play after every time you tell a joke? Let's find out.
1: And by find out, we mean it's time to play Human Values, your weekly stop for illogical debates about illogical questions. Here to give each hypothetical the dialectical, put the oh in comedy game show and braid your hair when all you can do is stare. We're your hosts, Aaron Rubin-Corny.
0: And Lindsay Hicks.
1: Also joining us today is a very special guest. Writer, producer, director, actor, improv comedian, everything. Neil Gargiulo.
0: Okay, let's start the stove. The stove? Oh, that's not the word. I mean, let's start the Spo! The Spo? Don't you mean show? Oh, yeah, let's start the show. Lindsey. Lindsay! <laughs>
1: Today, we have a human. Sure, the show's about humans, but it's more than just a human. It's this fleshy package of wonder. It's not just a wonderful little package of writing, producing, directing, acting, improv, comedy, glory. It's an Emmy-winning showrunner and currently the voice of the character Eddie on the DreamWorks series Madagascar, A Little Wild. It's probably the greatest human being to ever be on this podcast for this episode. Neil Gargiulo. Wow.
0: Wow. What an introduction. Liked it so much. Oh. I just threw some
1: words in a little light spring salad, threw balsamic vinaigrette on it, and just served it up for you guys. It was light. It was delicious. I don't feel bloated.
0: Oh, that's a little strawberry or something on there.
1: Uh Uh-huh. It is some strawberry. Do you like it? It's fresh.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You can tell.
1: People need to understand that Lindsay and I love Neil so much but haven't talked to him in so long. And rather than do a nice catch up, we just press record. So this, you, you guys are feeling the tension on air. There
2: are so many questions I have
1: for you. There are questions that you have for me, but we're not going to address
2: any of them right now because we're here for a different mission. And that's very challenging because all we want to do is climb into each other's brains right now, but we can't do it.
0: We can't.
1: And by the way, you wear married like a gown.
0: Well, thank you very
2: much. I like to think that I... It's luxurious, and I do luxury well. I am basically a luxury
1: line. Well, you just got married, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Wow, look look at at that that ring. ring. Neil is showing off a most glorious wedding ring. Are there words on that?
2: We have a crest, and then there are some lions. There was two options. One, I wanted to do something quaint, like a a tattoo on the hand. Oh. But then that didn't get the okay, so I said, let's go Super Bowl championship ring. It's wonderful.
0: Did she get a similar style of ring?
2: The same exact ring, but to fit on a smaller person's hand. Wow. Is it an actual replica of a Super Bowl ring? I wouldn't know. It is not. It is just something that an old Italian man would wear before playing bocce. He would look at it and he would kiss the ring. And then he would throw the bocce ball and try to beat his friends before going home and drinking
1: a gallon of wine. Are we at a point in post-COVID splendor yet? where Lindsay and I can kiss your ring when we see you soon? We are. We've gotten there.
0: Well, I feel like I would, I prefer, because who knows, there's also monkeypox now. What are you going to do to his ring, Lindsay? Well, you can get it from just touching.
2: I think we need to meet at a doctor's office, and we'll take it from there.
0: I think so, yes. I plan to just bow before the ring, you know, and photograph it a lot.
2: I really love a pregnant pause. That's, for me... If we can just live in dead air as long as possible, I think that for me, that's what I value. Do you want to have some comfortable
1: silence together just for a moment? Yeah.
0: Like the silence of intimacy, like a silence where we can all just be really comfortable with it and look at e- look each other in the eyes while it's happening.
1: It's good radio. Let's try it.
0: <clears throat> How long are we doing this for?
1: Hour, hour and a half, maybe. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Neil has a really nice beard.
2: Erin, I've always wished I had curls like you.
0: It's an honor to witness this connection in action.
1: I'll do it ASMR style, but I want everyone to understand that Neil has such nice salt and pepper beard right now. And I want to scratch it, and I can't. And that makes me sad because it's a bit intimate.
0: I don't know if you guys have ever been in a bathroom full of drunk girls, but this is a little bit what it's like.
1: Wait, explain in vivid detail.
0: Okay, clear Jets.
1: Jets are firing. Vivid, please.
0: When girls are drunk in a bathroom at like a club or a party or whatever, I, when I'm telling you the compliments start flowing, your makeup is incredible. Oh my God, this dress is is so good. What, what lipstick is that? Oh my gosh, your eyes. I've never seen greener eyes in my life. And just those shoes. I, I didn't know calves could be so... Tight. The drunk girls in the bath in the bathroom really compliment each other a lot. So this is this feels like that. And I have to say, it's one of my most favorite things about human interaction is compliments like these.
1: Lyns, really, all I have is two questions for you. Then, one: What's the compliment you most want when you're in a bathroom? And two: What's the compliment you like to give the most?
0: It depends on what what the what the girl is rocking really really hard. You know, it could be a nice dress. It could be an unbelievable eyeliner approach, you know? She could have really thick eyebrows and that's nice, or a cool artistic nail. And those are things I notice and will often compliment because things, you know, they made a decision on they they or, you know, sometimes it's god-given.
1: So what's going to fluff your feathers the most?
0: Well, it depends because sometimes when I'm going to like an event like that, I end up wearing something that I'm not fully comfortable with because what I'm fully comfortable wearing is like, you know, a sweatpant perhaps a jean and going out to those things. I'm usually wearing something that makes me like a little uncomfortable, perhaps a heel, perhaps a dress of some sort. And so if they say, Hey, the thing that you don't normally do, you're doing a good job at. I like that. That feels good to me. That fluffs my feathers.
1: Neil, what fluffs your feathers in a bathroom? What could I say to you? When someone says to me, that was a funny fart.
2: (laughs) Like I, it was timed funny. It wasn't just like, it's funny because it was a fart, but I did something a little different. Like I put a little something extra on it and they're like, huh, I had never considered it that way before.
0: Wow. That sounds good. An expert farter. Wait, you can really control sound?
2: Yeah, I can manipulate sound in every way. (laughs) Are
1: you guys still talking about lower breaths? (laughs)
0: <laughs> now it's all i want to know about is neil's toots <laughs> yeah
2: like if there is a you know the structure of a joke you know if there's like a, a rise to fall like it's
0: like <laughs> like that's funny
2: that's just funny in the concept of funny like you could you could make something work
0: you Neil, know, this is the best thing i've ever heard I know that our friendship is not the most intimate of friendships that we know and love and appreciate each other. And maybe we're not on farting in front of each other level, but I want all that to change. I need to experience this.
1: You just ruined your life. (laughs) I did that to her long ago, buddy. (laughs) Linz, would you like some spaghetti? Maybe Yeti spaghetti?
0: Oh, I'll take a little Yeti spaghetti. Here's our first question. What's your price to move to the Himalayas and spend three years as a full-time Yeti hunter? A full-time Yeti hunter.
2: there's a lot of feelings that I have.
0: Well, pick one, Mm -hmm. the strongest one. Okay, well, let's talk about
2: what you're actually agreeing to when you do this. You're essentially saying you're going to move to the Himalayas and walk around aimlessly (gasps) for three years because there will be no outcome. There is no Yeti that you're going to catch. You're going to the Himalayas to exercise,
1: basically.
0: It's a very skeptical point of view.
1: You're being a cryptozoologist right now.
2: (laughs) I think there are a lot of dangers involved, but I don't think being killed by a yeti is one of them. But I think that there are still a lot of
1: drawbacks. You know, there's a pile of laws and regulations around it, so you couldn't even go wander aimlessly, as you so nicely put it.
0: Also, there's a scientist who said he's found the yeti, and I'll tell you what he found. Do you want to know?
1: More than anything.
0: Because in my mind, I'm going to a Himalayas hoping to find a, something different. But this scientist most recently, I think it was in like 2018, said that he found some hairs, unknown hairs from an unknown species of animal that looks like it was from a polar bear ancestor and a brown like whatever bear they have in the Himalayas, those, some sort of brown bear. So really, the Yeti was probably a bear. But here's what I would prefer. I would prefer it if the Yeti was some sort of like, what was that movie with Guillermo del Toro where the woman fell in love with the fish? I'm looking for that.
1: You're saying you want to have a shape of water with a Yeti? Is that what your pursuit is going to be?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: You've never even seen a Yeti and you want to consummate your excursion with it?
0: Think about the life that this Yeti has had. Nobody believes in him. Everyone thinks that he isn't real. That probably messes with his sense of self. And he's probably had to spend a long time on the journey of like self-realization living in a world being brought up in a culture where nobody believes in him. I think this kind of like wounded fur soldier is so appealing.
2: Oh my God. I love that. I love that for you because it seems like you're going to go on that journey with the, you know, on the surface, you're trying to find a Yeti, but in reality, like any good rom-com, you're going to be finding yourself. Exactly. You're going to be finding what you value In a partner, and you're going to walk away from it. Maybe not with the Yeti long term. Maybe that was just a passionate weekend, but you know, when you come back, like that's what I'm looking for in my life.
0: Or maybe the Yeti just has something to teach me. Maybe I'm the Yeti, you know? Maybe we're all the Yeti in some way. Maybe nobody believed in me.
2: Little Princess Fiona action.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So you're going to go to the Himalayas for three years and hunt furry love.
0: We don't know what the Yeti is. It could be a bear. It could just be a really hot guy in a cave. Right. (laughs) Or a woman. First of all,
1: (laughs) this is just another gopher, Gary, where you're just putting all of your feelings into this anthropomorphic mystery creature. (laughs) But also more importantly, is hunting killing or is hunting just finding love?
0: I think hunting is just finding love or finding information or facts.
1: So I was reading that in order to legally go... (laughs) Uh, hunt yetis, there are basic rules that the Nepalese, Nepalese, what would you call them? The Nepalese?
0: I think Nepalese.
1: The Nepalese and the U.S. governments have like established. In 1959, there's a U.S. <laughs> embassy memo that stated that American citizens need special permits before they can legally start tracking yetis in Nepal. And also while photographs and live captures are okay, apparently killing yetis is illegal in Nepal except in, quote, emergencies arising out of self-defense. And then finally, if there's any evidence that turns up, like a life specimen or whatever, apparently you have to hand it over to the Nepalese authorities. Wow. So let's say you fall in love with a yet-yet, you're going to have to hand him over to Nepal.
0: No, no, no. I'm not going to tell anyone that I found him. Oh, my God. I just realized that the guy that said it was a bear, maybe he found the yeti and fell in love and wanted to make sure that the yeti could live out it's life in the woods. And so he did like a massive distraction for the world and was like, it's a bear.
1: (gasps) I just want to make sure you're doing this properly. Are you calling this man a Yeti fucker?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm calling this man a Yeti fucker. I think he fucked the Yeti. And then he fell in love and said, there's no Yeti out there. It's just, this is just some old bear hair.
1: (gasps) Okay, okay. we've covered a lot of ground here. Neil, let's pull you in here. Let's throw a lasso around you, tug you in, bring you into this. What does this trip mean to you? What does Nepal mean to you? What does the Yeti mean to you? Really lather us up in oils and creams of your knowledge.
2: Well, trying to tie it into where my answer will ultimately lie. I'm not a big um, be in the cold all the time person. And I also know that with some light research, they do not have a W hotel There's no spa. I don't think that we're even looking at a holiday and express with continental breakfast. That is going to be a challenging life to live for three years for someone who doesn't really get his steps in as much as he would like. Um, I'm carrying a little extra weight, and I don't know if I want to be carrying it up and down hills. So to me... It feels like walking away from my life in a pretty significant moment in my life to do something I don't want to do and be uncomfortable while doing it. So those are the things that I'm viewing when I'm looking
1: at my answer. So you got to think about how you can set yourself up for a good time in Nepal then. Because really what you're going to do is you're going to live nicely while sticking your head outside once a day and be like, no yeti. so so what do you what do you want to do for yourself while you're there for three years build this life yeah i think building this life if i'm able to skirt the system if if i can go outside for a moment and come back in (laughs) much like Lindsay complimenting a a woman in the bathroom we love a good skirt (laughs) because i've gotten used to being
2: home all the time i'm wondering like am i getting a law degree online What am I, am I just, am I just coming back and am I taking some classes while in? Nepal? I don't know if that's necessarily the move, Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that my interest level is very low, so I don't know. That's my concern. That's exactly the concern that I have. I am building a life currently, and I have other areas where I could see myself building a life. I don't see life building. I see taking steps backwards in life, and that's why I have the number that I have.
1: So there's no part of you that wants to build a Nepal mansion and bring your family and friends and do production from there and just really, really set yourself up to thrive for those three years in Nepal.
0: Colonizer. (laughs) Yeah, so what? Also,
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can't tell. I don't think you can call an immigrant a colonizer. I guess you can. That's what they are. And,
2: and it's a fine line, but it's I want to see you. So- I want to see you solve it right now.
1: <laughs> well, when my family went through all the persecution of the Holocaust, made their way out of Eastern Europe in the early fifties over to the Americas to start and regrow our family in this country, I'm pretty sure the one thing they all thought was one day our great grandchild, or no, our grandchild, is going to be talking to a cis white girl and be called a fucking colonizer.
0: I'm just saying the Tibetans have a beautiful culture where it's something that should be protected.
1: Do you think that the two of you are
2: going to get each other canceled?
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) If it hasn't happened already, then yeah.
1: (laughs) I think we already went full circle all the way around it. You could do that. Yeah. Wait, Neil, so there's no part of you that's excited to go to Nepal and make this work. You are just, life is so good where you're at right now that this is just, you're just bleeding everywhere.
2: I'm a happy person right now. And I can't fake that. I am. It's not always if you caught me, I don't know, a couple of years ago, if you catch me and who knows what happens in the next six months, maybe I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a great trip. I should go there and run away from my life, but you're catching me in a moment of happiness. And with that, I don't really have a desire to build that life,
1: but I would do it for the right price. You've climbed Maslow's hierarchy of needs so high that you're ruining our show.
2: No, 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 no! I am bringing truth. No, I'm bringing truth to your show. No, I have no, 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 no. Because if I paint the picture of this dishonest. Perfect circumstance where I wind up going there and building a, a house that doesn't exist in a style of architecture that does not exist locally, and I can do so by throwing unlimited resources at it and have exactly the people that I want there, then yeah, the price is zero. I would just go because I'm waving a magic wand. But I'm living in a, in a reality where I have to go there and kind of tough it out for three years. And that's going to cost some money. All
1: right, grab a pen, lick your fingers, get your checkbook. Let's dole out some cash and really talk it out. What are you thinking, buddy? What's your price to be in the Himalayas while Lindsay looks for love, to be a Yeti fucker?
2: If I were there watching her journey, the price would change. But if I was just going solo dolo by myself, I'm looking for $1.25 million per year for three years. I would like $3.75 million. Okay,
0: just over a million a year.
2: That's what I would like. That's what I'm looking for to change my entire life.
1: What are the things you'd be giving up that mean the most to you? I just want to learn a little bit about what's bringing you all, all, all this joy.
2: Well, I was married a couple of weeks ago. I'm quite fond of my wife. I thoroughly enjoy the life that we have. We're getting hairless cats. I mean, it's, some, it's a big step in someone's life.
0: I love hairless cats.
2: Because you're just touching skin. And you, just, you can just pet skin at all times.
0: You can pretend they're your human baby. That's why I want one.
2: That's exactly right. you hold it like this. And, then, and it, oh, what I also like is that some people are very uncomfortable with it. But I'm not. I like little goblin creatures.
0: Me too.
2: We're getting goblins. I'm very happy in my career, you know, for the moment. That changes every five seconds. But I, yeah, I think I'd be walking away from
1: a foundation that I have built. And I really want to enjoy these moments right now. Might be the first person to ever walk away from an opportunity to hunt yetis (laughs) because you got goblins. Yeah, I got goblins. Why do I need yetis? I have goblins. I have other
2: mythic creatures. I don't need that mythic creature. I have this mythic creature. I have a feeling, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but we are not aligned in our answers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we aren't aligned in our reasoning, but my number is higher.
2: (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Okay. I am excited to dig in.
0: So for three years, I mean, I'm looking at this as my job. Like at the end of this, I would like to have a manuscript for a book about finding love in the Himalayas with the Yeti. Um, So, you know, there's going to be a lot involved. It's, It's about, it's like half science, what I have found in my journey, but also like half attachment theory. It's relationships, it's science, it's everything mixed into one. This sounds like a great book and I wish it existed. (laughs) Also, if I go there, I want to make sure that I can, you know, have a nice place to stay. I can have the right gear because I really don't like cold weather, but it has to be like cool cold weather gear. Because when I meet the Yeti, I want him to be like, cool jacket. So that's something to keep in mind. Oh, and also I'm going to like put all my stuff in storage. Storage unit and a nice one, temperature controlled. Okay.
2: That could be one, $2,000.
0: Yep. And when I get back, I want to rent a nice place if it, just in case the Yeti wants to come home with me. Ooh. And then it'll be a bit of like a George of the Jungle type situation, like a kind of Tars, like a winter Tarzan. Right. Which is what I'm really hoping for here.
1: You just want to be a winter Tarzan.
0: I want winter Tarzan.
1: So what's that cost you? What's that worth to you?
0: $5 million. All right,
2: It's a good price. I hadn't considered, and there were some very interesting pieces that you put into this. I hadn't considered expenses because I figured this was all expense paid. So I was thinking I'm putting that money in a bank account and banking it every year, but that's a very good consideration that I hadn't put into it. And five is a very good number.
1: It is.
0: It's the least I would accept.
1: I think I'd be a lot closer to like i definitely be under a million. I, I'm going to say $700,000. For three years total? For three years, maybe a million. Eh, I don't want to say a million. I'll say $861,000. $861,000. Because that would cover the lifestyle there. It would allow me to have the fastest internet I could possibly afford and a comfortable place to live while there. And I would probably try and make do. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Now I'll round it up to a million. Fine. I also want to get some expedition stuff since I might as well go hiking while I'm out there. But yeah, I don't know. This isn't a hard one for me. It just seems like a fun adventure. And I could definitely work from there. Work. I work remote anyway. Yeah. Well, Neil, one of the things we get here is audience poll results. So let's take a look at what people had to say. So two people on the high, Warner and Kidron, said $1 billion. That's what they need. B, with a B. With a B. B, 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 B. A billy. A Billy Goat. The low was normie Slayer Two, who said a thousand dollars as the low. Wow. 40% of our listeners were under a million dollars. Wow. And six percent said they would never do this. Uh one listener said, I know yetis don't exist and would not waste my time. Plus, I would probably stumble across a bear and be eaten. It's
0: good logic. Yeah.
1: And my favorite one here is Jason, who put 25 grand and said, Yetis are awesome. And the mountains are pretty.
0: Oh, Jason. I like Jason.
1: So there we have it. Speaking of Jason, Lindsay, I know you like Jason. If you ever want to give him a call, you could choose landline or phone. But why don't you line us up for the next. Pretty cool. Good stuff. I like it. I like it. I thought it was good. Thanks. You know what? Thanks. I'll take that. Yeah, it's going to feel good. Yeah. You did a good
0: job. You did a really good job. I'm proud of you.
1: All right, Lindsay, slap her up and call her Tappy.
0: Okay, Tappy. What's your price to use landlines for all of your phone calls moving forward?
2: There's so much to consider here.
0: I have a lot of questions, too. Like, does this mean we can text, but we can't make phone calls?
1: Correct. Okay, so you can text, so. Based on me arbitrarily saying yes, yes.
0: So we can have our, we can still have our smartphones and we can use everything for it. But all our calls have to be made on a landline.
1: There are advantages. You can't get your phone hacked this way.
0: Wait, does your phone get hacked from calling?
1: You can't really get your phone, a landline hacked. But if you still have your cell phone for texting and internet and apps, I guess it doesn't matter. But you probably won't have your calls drop as much anymore. May I ask a question? Yeah. Would it be all right if I came up with one
2: number? for us not being able to text and never being able to use a cellular phone and just for a landline and one number for having text capabilities but using a landline? Because they are drastically different numbers in my mind.
1: I think it's just your phone calls. I think it's just what's your price to use landlines for only just just phone calls moving forward.
2: Okay, if that's the thing, that changes everything because being able to text and communicate The convenience of life is still there. Being able to use your phone to research things, being able to pretend like you're doing something on your phone when someone is next to you that you don't want to talk to in a social setting in the world, you still have all of the advantages of a cell phone, minus the talking. Do either of you have landlines? I do not.
0: No, I don't.
1: So to me, that's the biggest issue is I'd probably have to buy landlines for everywhere I'm going. I think you would just rely on text communication a bit more.
0: You would just rely on it. And vo- do voice notes count? Can you do voice notes?
1: It's not a phone call. Yeah, you're fine.
0: Also, do FaceTimes count? Because it's video.
1: Also, why are you sticking your fingers like up to your mouth? That's not the universal hand gesture for vocal memos. This I is when you, what, do, like... when you talk on the phone. Any, <laughs> anyone listening, it looks like Lindsay's just holding a joint up to her mouth, like an invisible joint. That's not...
0: It was, it was a tiny microphone.
1: So what happens if you have an emergency? Let's say you have to call 911. Like, what do you do? You have to run to the nearest landline. So you're actually not screaming, call 911. You're screaming, somebody get me to a landline. Aaron, that's a very good point. Pay phones are gone, guys. Yeah. They're
0: gone. I mean, you could run to the nearest like deli or whatever. I'm sure they would have something, but who knows where that will be. I
1: don't want to use a deli phone.
0: Is FaceTime a phone call?
1: Let's say yes.
0: Oh. It feels like it is.
1: Oh, I got a note here from our producer, Rob, who's reminding us that after hours, you could not go into your little deli, Lindsay.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lindsay. God, guys.
1: Always delis with you. <laughs> it's, it's actually one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> the delis are great.
0: But I feel like in, the, in New York and stuff, bodegas are open all the time.
1: I think to me, my price on this might be one of my highest ones I've I've had with for reasonable questions, just because... The inconvenience of not being able to do phone calls uh, for work and for socializing, connecting. I don't know about you guys. Phone, the phone kept me sane through COVID.
0: Zoom is a phone call?
1: Zoom is not a phone call, but you're bulging your eyes, lifting your eyebrows, hopping towards the microphone, and overall just being a real sassafras. So you got to back up that ass and maybe just go smoke some grass and be less of a lass because you're being a bit of a, uh, a fast pass. You're being a fast pass. <laughs> I agree with everything he just said.
0: You're right. I do have a tendency to be a bit of a fast pass.
2: Yeah, you're a bit of a fast
0: pass. (laughs) Back of that ass. You've been a fast pass.
2: I agree. And I am a very big phone communicator, but I could be a phone communicator on the landline. I could do that very easily. And I would just make sure that places that I'm going to be will have a landline. If I need to use a phone, I can see a world where I could make this work and not feel like my life is crumbling.
1: Would you want to get a fancy one? Like, would you want a fancy landline? Would you want a, like, a rotary phone? What, what are you thinking?
2: Uh, yeah. I would want a fancy one. I would want the fanciest one. <laughs> and I would want, like, lips that, like, it looks like a kiss, and then you pull the lip, and you have the lip up to here. I would want one oh, yeah. of those. I would want anything that was in a 1980s or early 90s uh, comedy film in a teenager's bedroom.
0: Burger phone.
1: Pretty much anything in a John Waters set is kind of what I'm faking. Just like weird, eccentric phones. That's exactly
2: right. Now, the one thing that would be challenging, once you start to use EarPods and you walk around, Ooh. it's hard to go
1: back. Wait, 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 Neil. Yeah. Who's to say you can't hire an engineer to build for you an EarPod connection to your landline? That's what I was hoping you
2: would say. And yes, I I feel like if we can make some modifications and we can still... Because I'd be very comfortable still as a a 90s Wall Street guy with the headset, with the little piece that comes over your mouth. And I'd be comfortable
1: doing that. I just like walking around. with a cord system, that's really long. Yes. It's not bad, but it's just when you're out of your house, it seems to be the inconvenience is, do you have a landline butler
0: you just can't go out alone right you could you'd have to make sure that you were always with someone also you could have a limo that has a car that has a landline in it
1: that's not a landline that's a mobile phone oh
2: (laughs) i was about to say great point and now i'm gonna say great point but in the other direction that is that is absolutely a mobile phone Oh,
1: no. but, that, yeah, that's literally, that's literally a mobile phone. Yeah. That is, It's just, Lindsay, all you're saying is let's go back a few generations of mobile phone. Yeah, you're right. Blur that line.
0: But wait, couldn't you just plug in a phone any old place and it would work?
1: No, I think you have to have the service set up. Well, maybe. I don't know about you guys. My internet service has like a courtesy landline offering It's just part of the, you know, where you plug in the ethernet. So
2: But you have to sign up for it. You can't just be like, bloop, and now it works. Like, it, you have to pay a monthly... I haven't tried
1: blooping. Yeah, give it a bloop.
0: Give it a bloop. Also, I'm realizing how little I know about how landlines work because I haven't had one in 20 years.
2: I'd say living with my parents was the last time there was a landline in a
1: home that I lived in.
0: Same, but now I'm like, am I missing out?
1: Looks like we're all moving in with our parents.
0: Should I have a landline? Maybe I should just have one.
1: You're going to spend like a hundred bucks a year to use it in the case of emergency at best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't know about you guys. I've never gotten to an answer so quick. How are you guys feeling? Yeah. I feel pretty good.
0: My number would be different if mobile phones were (laughs) landlines.
1: So your number would be different if this question was what's your price to use your phone? (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay, what's your price to make no changes? I don't think that this is, uh, speaks to
2: my number, but I think it would improve humanity. I think that it would bring connection in social settings uh, to a place that I, I think that maybe we've had
1: a few steps backwards in the last 10 years. You me, and Lindsay getting landlines or everyone in the world?
2: Everyone in the world.
1: Okay, I thought you just meant like us getting landlines. No, we're fine. We're doing great. (laughs) I liked that. I like the butterfly effect in my head of imagining like, (laughs) like the three of us moving to landlines. How would that change the world for the better? No. I think that it would be like a forced limitation on what one could do
2: in social settings. It's just taking one thing away that is a distractor that takes away from conversations.
1: I'm just more thinking about still you mean Lindsay getting landlines how that could change the world in a best case scenario and trying to i'm trying to like work out the rube goldberg of how it would all play out like okay you the three of us have landlines So that means we're out and about and an emergency happens. So we don't answer. We can't call for 911. So we have to run to a local deli and use the phone. But while there, we realize the person who works at the deli is a sexy Yeti and Lindsay falls in love with them. And so Lindsay and the sexy Yeti fall in love and the two of them start a vegan butcher shop in Minnesota. And the two of them are very happy. But then one day in Minnesota, uh, Lindsay, keep going. So I stopped listening. So I'm thinking <laughs> $500 million probably for the inconvenience of this and how it would probably slow down my entire life's trajectory and might get in lots of opportunities. I, I'm just moving on from Lindsay's blatant disregard of my existence.
0: Well, I got lost on one thing and then I stopped following the thing that you were saying because I was thinking about it.
1: Was it
2: sexy Yetis?
0: Yeah, I was really thinking about the Yeti again.
2: In your fantasy of the Yeti, what's your favorite physical feature?
0: Of the Yeti? It's not about the physical... I grew up watching movies like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. How are we back on Yetis? You brought up the Yetis again. I brought
1: up sexy yeti as part of a fun little (laughs) a little a little nugget in there while teeing up this fun improv thing.
0: Okay, let's bring it back. I have a
1: price. I just turned 40 years old
2: um, a couple of months ago. So let's say through unfair miracles biology. I live another 50 years. I would want
1: $30,000 a year for 50 years. Quick math.
0: I'm not allowed to do quick math anymore.
1: I think it's 1.5 million. Okay, our producer Rob here says 1.5 million dollars. I'm so glad we had Rob. 1.5 million dollars. I think is, a,
2: is the lowest amount of money that I would do it for. That's almost as much as I said. Didn't you say 100 million dollars?
1: No, I said 500 million dollars. Oh, yeah, 1.5 million dollars.
0: The thought of doing phone calls in my house makes me physically ill. I don't like it. The minute that somebody calls me, I'm outside. I'm out the door. I'm doing a little walk. I'm going, I'm driving somewhere. I'm just like being in my house and on the phone. It has to be like some like a video of FaceTime. Maybe it's my ADD. I don't know what it is. I get very uncomfortable just on this phone in my house. I'll do it. But I don't like there has to be a video element, like just being on. I don't know. Something about it makes me very uneasy. I'm realizing I should probably tell my therapist about this.
1: I've noticed that I've never caught you talking to me just sitting at home. and I didn't know what to make of it. Now, you know. OK, this is very heavy then. So how much does it cost to get you to do this horrible thing called being on a phone at home for life?
0: It's going to take a lot of like, I mean, obviously this is kind of exposure therapy. So I'm going to need a lot of like integration work and from a therapeutic standpoint, I'm probably going to need to, you know, get away from it, go to Bali once a year and just like really clear my head uh, from the stress of it. And also like maybe some group therapy,
2: Okay.
0: maybe some sort of like psychedelic experience to figure out what's going on.
2: So every single type of help that one can professionally provide you. Correct. You will be partaking in. Okay.
0: Internationally, you know, I would like to do a cacao ceremony in the Netherlands. Sure. So I'm going to say forever, if this is for the rest of my life, which is a big number, because who knows what's going to happen. However, I do have to assume that as time goes on, landlines are going to become either more and more irrelevant or super relevant. But on the off chance that they become more and more relevant, and it's harder to do as time goes on in, you know, our evolving technology world, I'm going to say $8 million.
2: Nice. You can do a lot with $8 million.
0: That's forever. That's for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It feels okay.
2: So we have $1.5 million, $8 million, and $500 million.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, Let's see what people listening had to say. So, OK, the high was Warner, who put a billion, and the low is Caitlin, who put $200, who said, I think it would be fun to live retro. So definitely a big, a big spread. But about half our audience was over a million dollars. And one person, Jagmer, put $130,000 and said, it would be very annoying, but I could live with just texting video calls. Yeah, I think that's the consensus is it's not as bad. I think maybe I'm being the biggest little whiny, whiny boo boo about it. You're being $500 million less whiny than Werner.
0: That's
1: how I like to think about things. Yeah. That was a magical turnaround. Speaking of magical turnarounds, you want to wave your little wand, Lindsay, and say some random thing in Latin like a wizard might do and just be a blizzard wizard?
0: I recently found out that someone I know was in a Latin club, and I feel like I missed out heavily on the part of my life when I could have been in a Latin club. I guess I could start now. But instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is ask this question. What is your price to magically have a laugh track play every time you tell a joke?
2: This is a very hard one. I'd say this is the hardest one of the episode by a lot.
0: What is so challenging to you?
2: I work in comedy, and I feel like comedy is a big part of my identity. And I think that there are challenges that come along with that in both a personal and professional part of my life. On the personal side... There are times where maybe the laugh track isn't appropriate for every single thing that you say. Sometimes you're just throwing something away, and that's going to drive you mad. You're going to go crazy at a certain point. But the larger concern is that you start smelling your own farts, as it were, because all of a sudden, every time you say something and it's just a joke, good joke, bad joke, doesn't matter, just a joke, you are getting positive reinforcement. So all of a sudden, what is actually funny, what you are actually doing, that is no longer relevant to you because you can't determine what's good or bad. You don't have that gauge anymore. And that will hurt me both personally, but professionally, because I won't have my finger on the pulse of anything. My opinion becomes less because I have no baseline. that's it, a very, very challenging thing to be able to manage for me.
1: I guess the good thing is if you're just focusing on comedy writing, then as long as you don't tell the joke out loud and you write the joke. It's tough because it's, it's, it's
2: like so much of my identity. You want to run it off people. It's just so much of my identity is that. So it's, it's doing shtick. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm coming up with jokes and, and saying them to people to test if they'll work. um, Just because I find that to be a very challenging way to communicate with any human being. But just naturally, you want to just make a little, (laughs) it's over. And then you're gunshot. Then you start to get gunshot. I can't say anything. And now you're monitoring everything you say because you don't want to hear that laugh track again and again. I think it's actually a recipe for madness.
1: You want to try it? Like each of us says, not a good joke, but the other two laugh at them anyway to see how it feels. We each get one zinger. It could be bad. My feet just started sweating when you recommended that. But yes.
0: (laughs) Because there's different level, like laugh tracks are not always the same in the shows. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they're like, ooh, and sometimes they're like. Now you do one.
1: You do one and we'll do the studio audience reaction as like an ooh.
0: And I was like, call me a roadkill, Jessica.
1: In that
2: scenario, they think that there is a romantic implication uh, (laughs) between you and the roadkill.
1: Can I give you guys an uh uh-oh? Mm-hmm. Sorry, JoJo. Spilled the oysters again. Oh! oh yeah.
2: You know, that <laughs> that audience reaction that we did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like reacting with you guys. It's fun to react. It's yeah, fun. reacting is nice. It's like a human, human emotion, human thing. So let's all make an agreement so we can get to our prices. It's like, okay, having the magical laugh track, is it going to be in your head? Are you losing your mind or is this out loud everyone hears it
0: i like out loud everyone hears that yeah. yeah yeah
2: and it's just you right you're the only person this isn't a common thing in society you're the guy or gal who
1: it, that's just what happens yeah with your yeah it just it's just you okay okay so it's it's when you make jokes it just happens out loud oh
0: <sighs> Man. It sounds very stressful. Like, imagine you're trying to have like an intimate moment with someone and you say something a little bit funny. Like, no, your hair's nice.
1: Let the Yeti go, Lindsay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, let the Yeti
0: go. I'm just saying that would be a very unfortunate time to have a laugh track. You know, guys, you're just
1: in bed with someone and and you're just like, wow, your body for sure is a nice winter coat today. But it could be (laughs) anyone. Oh, God. I feel so bad because
2: (laughs) I'm picturing a scenario where you find two yetis. You meet two yetis.
0: And it's like the bachelorette. (laughs) Well,
2: except that, like, you're really into one of the yetis. But that yeti is like, sorry, just not my, you know, I'm just into yetis. And the other Yeti who you're not really into is like way into you. And now you do have this opportunity for a Yeti, but it's not the Yeti that
1: you want. A Yeti homewrecker?
0: I would never. I would never. Yeah, that would be a terrible scenario. But I'm not just, I'm not fetishizing Yetis. I'm just saying, in my mind, I feel like I would really get along well with a Yeti.
1: I think you're emotionally fetishizing the Yeti. I think you're also emotionally ready for this Yeti.
0: I like to think so, too.
1: And the book can be called re gur
0: Or just Ready for the Yeti.
1: I like Ready for the Yeti a lot.
0: <laughs> ready for the Yeti. You, I think you nailed it.
1: Or you do a cooking show for Food Network called Spaghetti with the Yeti, and it's just about your time learning how to teach Italian culinary skills to a Yeti.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's really hard because he only has like paws.
1: Wait, wait. Neil, you haven't heard Lindsay's Italian impression and maybe it's totally offensive to you because you are Italian. No, it,
2: nothing is offensive to me.
1: Tell me. That's the greatest. Yeah. Can you play the I Yeti? My,
0: I don't know that my... And I'm
1: going to set the scene here. No, no, just go, go, go with it. Okay. Lindsay, let me read from the script. <clears throat> Lindsay walks in to the Yeti cave home, the wife of Mr. Yeti, and she has a bunch of eggs and flour and is ready to cook Italian pasta. Spaghetti for Yeti, episode 302. Enter scene.
0: Lamborghini.
1: Whoa, you crossed a line, okay?
2: <laughs> that crossed a line. I could have understood if you said Fiat or something. Up. But Lamborghini is sacred. Ferrari, fine. But Lamborghini, my people will never recover.
1: We'll be back to Spaghetti with the Eddie in just a few moments. What's your pain worth? I'm getting such a strong emotional reaction to Like I'm actually uncomfortable with the idea. I actually think there's no money for this one is one of it where it, it sometimes happens where it's just like, we will actually just agree. It's like, I think it will drive you insane. Yes. Being what is a core personality trait. We're all, we're all comedy people. We would all go crazy being ourselves and hearing that yes. out loud. It's alienating.
0: Yeah. I think we would go crazy. The only, the only scenario where it would be even more acceptable is if the laughter reflected how funny the joke was. So like, if I did a joke that was not funny at all, like, phone more like Al Capone than the and the laugh was like
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that yeah I don't like what you said but I like the way you said it
0: thanks just to have have a response that was equivalent to the joke that was said like
1: (laughs) I'm gonna throw in the towel I'm saying there's no way to play this day zero
2: I'm saying there is no amount of
1: money as well there's no amount of money that anyone could pay me for this tapping out Lindsay where you tapping you tapping you clapping
0: I'm clapping. I think that if in the scenario that it just laughed at the how funny the actual joke was, or if it was the occasional like, ooh, or like, oh, I think that it would suck, but I do have a price and it's high. I'm going to say $2 billion.
1: Okay. Okay. Two billy goats to go crazy and alienate everyone around you?
0: Yep two billies that way i can you know maybe i become isolated at some point and i could do like a sort of like howard hughes type of
1: yeah oh you'd be so good pissing in a jar
0: i've said that a million times about myself
1: like you with long nails keeping jar piss and just building a spruce goose spruce goose spruce
0: yeah i want to build my own spruce goose and pee in a jar
2: i could see it i could see it i get it i think the only way i would do it If like you were taking one for the team is if you were taking one for humanity and you topple the uh, world's economy and you take and you do the the price is all the money, everything that is of financial value.
0: Like the chips are all, yeah, they're (laughs) all
2: here. And then I distribute them as I see fit as I slowly go crazy.
1: I'm seeing what the global sum of all money is like, is there just like how much money is in the world right now? Hold on.
2: Yeah. I mean, like money gold, jewels, real estate. I'm talking every financial asset.
1: So a recent report from McKinsey and Company, global assets have grown from $440 trillion in 2000 to $1,540 in 2020. So I'm just seeing that right now. So I don't know where it's at at the moment. Is what's after a trillion? Is it a gazillion? Did we all think gazillion? Do you want to say one gazillion?
0: I said fulfillion Did you? That's what I'm saying.
1: I don't know what to do with that. But we're going to add, we're adding a gazillion for Neil then. One
2: gazillion. And I would go crazy, but I would save humanity maybe from itself. Restart. I'd reshuffle the deck. Okay. Okay. And you two, you two would be set up real nice. Real nice.
0: Yeah. Oligarchy this shit.
2: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, I'm starting. I'm resetting. On a sour note, I'm a gazillion gonna... on that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, take,
0: take
1: it. Take what's yours. All right, let's look at the audience poll here and see if anyone else said a gazillion. Okay, Frankie put forty-five million as the high. Almost, Kidron put two dollars and said, "Quote: I already have a laugh track playing in my head when I tell a joke, so I'll just be needing two dollars." P.S. I get all my jokes from database.
0: Dad, that's D A D a base.
1: Dad base. of our audience polled was under a million dollars. People really were okay with this. 4% of the audience said, no money at all, my kind of people. Joanna said, quote, I'm an introvert, so it would take a lot of money to have that kind of attention on me after every awkward mom joke I make. You know yourself, Joanna. But to really know ourselves, Neil, you might not know this. We like to take a little look at how much the three of us spent to do all three tasks and compare it against the average prices of our audience to do all three tasks and add them up. So, Lindsay, you want to step up and throw on some sprinkles and take us on some stuff?
0: Yes, I do. So the total for our polled listeners to do all three tasks today was $226 million. Then we have the Lowly Liam Award, which is the person who or the people who were under the audience average. And nobody, that's no one. No one wins lowly lamb today. And then we have our award, which is everyone that is over the audience average. That is the highly Kylie award, which three people won today. One of those people is Aaron with 500 million.
1: Oh, oh I'm smiley as a Kylie then.
0: Oh, one of those people is me at 2 billion, 13 million. And one of those people is Neilio at one gazillion. And five point two five million. That's
1: the number. That's my. You know, I have expensive tastes. Wow, you're the highest Kylie to ever be so 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 smiley.
0: I think you're our, you're our highest Kylie of any Kylie.
1: Listen, it was beyond a treasure to get to enjoy this bowl of Neleos today. Should anyone listening ever get a box of Neleos at the supermarket and open it up? What kind of prizes are in there? What's going on that you are offering into their lives?
2: Oh, there are so many things that I look forward to talking about the next time I'm on the program that they can peek into my life a little bit. Right now, you can go on Peacock and you can watch season two of Heldin, um a show I co-created and ran and starred in. And it's a lot of fun. And
1: That's what's going on for people who want to take a look. It's a wonderful bonker show. Check it out. I feel like I've I've had the pleasure of cheering on Den for many years, even before it existed. I just love this thing. It's a silly, weird, like, I
2: don't know, maybe you like marijuana and you smoke
1: it and then you watch the show and that might be an even better experience for you. Well, we definitely recommend everyone check it out. And Neil, anywhere to find you, if anyone wants to hear your voice or hear what you have to think about the world?
2: At Neil Gargiulo on all the platforms,
1: N-E-I-L-G-A-R-G-U-I-L-O. Well, to quote a very famous song, I follow you, and I would follow you into the dark.
0: I'm emotional.
1: Neil, as you walk out the door of our studio, and as you head out into the world, and as you just step into the sunlight and bask in the glory of our universe, what is your favorite word? And say it as you sign off. Kisses! Oof, I'm full. Just ate a whole bowl of Neelios.
0: That was delicious, and Neil Gargulo is a gift to this planet.
1: God, just grab a bowl, slice up some bananas, throw a little oat milk in there, add a, you know, a handful of Neelios. You've got a cereal bowl for breakfast.
0: Ooh, I like my Neelios. Spicy!
1: Oh, spicy, me, Sally. I am full of Neelios. Listen, everyone. What's even more fun than a bowl of Neelios? Making this show and making it for you. You know what we love even more than making it for you is hearing from you. So if you want to join in the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know your worth. We're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com.
0: If you like today's episode or if you like the show we make for you, please spread the word. We appreciate it so ridiculously much and if you mention human values pod on instagram or tiktok or leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app and maybe i don't know pop a rating on while you're there maybe we'll choose you for a shout out
1: shout me out and stop that pout gosh we are on to the cruddy toes
0: look it's happening
1: we're your hosts lindsey hicks
0: And Aaron Rubin-Corney.
1: Special thanks to our guest this week, Neil Gargiulo.
0: Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin-Corney. Our editor is Andrew Sims. Our engineer is Jason Portizo. And our music is by Omer Bensby.
1: All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values hosts, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. The only legally binding thing I can tell you is that I sure love our little producey-woosey, our little goosey Rob Goldman behind the scenes. Look at him.
0: Robbie baby bobby bobby human values is a human content production wuxhi.
1: Oh little Robbie, our little lead producer.
0: Little lady producer, baby boy. See you next time.